you know, as much as I would like to think that they're being progressive with this whole plant-based meat is kosher. I I don't think you can say that that's BS. Cause you can't can't go back in time and change the rules on something that didn't even exist. (laughs) Air bud rules, Brian, it it doesn't say you cannot eat plant-based meat. Therefore you can eat plant-based meat. Ah, uh, you got me there, you slimy. All right. Anyway, so this uh, make this little teaser for the uh, the intro, and I'm um, out. Hello, my friends. Thank you for joining us for the PebCAC podcast, a weekly information security show featuring some all around good people. It is week thirty nine of twenty twenty three. I'm Chris Louie, and happy birthday to you. Nine of the top 10 birthdays occur in this two-week period of September. You can thank Christmas and New Year's for that one. With me, I have my co-host, Duke Silver, who's still rocking the iPhone 14. All I hear is that people are using protection when knocking boots on February 14. And, uh, <laughs> and to go back to last week where Chris called me out for being in last place in my fantasy football league, this douchebag is actually doing fantasy football as well. And he too was tied for, with me for last place last week, but now we are tied for seventh place after pulling out a dub. You guys in the same league? What's going on here? No, we're oh, not. I feel left out. Differently. Oh, no. We're into two different, different leagues. leagues. We're both you guys pick the same. Did you guys pick, pick the same teams? <laughs> no, uh, I don't well, think we I, did. No. Yeah, I don't. Not even the same teams. Be uh, same players, same, but no. Same players. Yeah. yeah. He only scored like 113 points. I had like 143 on an off day. So, just saying. Hey, it's just like Vin Diesel said. You know, it don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning, and I won this week. It's all that matters. Uh, I don't know if it was Vin Diesel. I think it was his character, not his actual persona. <laughs> Dominic Toretto. Yes, there you go. That's forgivable. And we have Glenn Medina, responsible for another recording reschedule that scared away one of our guests. Can't help it. He can't stand in the way of money. Even podcasts can't do that. Unless we start making money on this podcast. So if you're out there, we're still looking for sponsors. You heard it here. If our podcast makes Glenn more money than his day job, then he could finally quit his day job and devote his time to the podcast. But will his audio work every single time is the real question. <laughs> I'll have right. more time to work on it, but no guarantees it'll work. That's right. Darn Speaking right. of things Darn that are just people. stupid and don't work, do you see that uh, Donald Trump Jr.'s Twitter account got stolen or hacked today? <laughs> yeah, it did. That is <laughs> oh crazy. Oh, my God. That was hilarious, some of the tweets that were coming out. Did he the not fact very that offensive, on that? but hilarious. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what... Like I think... Twitter or X, I think everything's MFA by default nowadays. So I have no idea. You know, he he got he got fished somehow. My favorite part was, uh, I think Eric Trump was commenting on it. And he's like, "I hope my brother doesn't get it back because this is hilarious." <laughs> it's funnier than the actual, the real Don Jr. tweet tweeting. Yeah, he's got some zingers on there for sure. But yeah, the the parody one was was hilarious. Oh, was it a parody account or was his account actually stolen? No, it was it was stolen. I should okay, say. okay. The stolen be coming content. out here my fake news if it's not right so it it could be just like if you remember when jack dorsey still on twitter and there was some disgruntled employee about to leave and he suspended donald trump on his last day of work this is before he got you know, the perma ban under jack dorsey so it could be an insider threat as well well you know that perma ban wasn't actually permanent because he, he's back 
It's true. Yeah. He was permanent under Jack Dorsey, and then Elon brought him back. The old, yeah. And he's only posted once since uh, yeah. being <laughs> uncut. Well, how's his other platform doing? Is that Does he have the, any of the amount of followers that he had when he was with Twitter? True social? I don't I don't think it does. It's not definitely not going to be as big as his following on X, but he's he's yeah. got to use his own platform. So that makes sense that he's posting over there exclusively. According to this, he only has 6.38 million followers. And on X, I think he had like 20 million. I don't know. Maybe more. Yeah, Let's see. There's a lot more. Well, I, I take it probably 50% don't use Truth Social, right? More than 50% oh don't God. use Truth or Social. All right. All right. Let's guess, guys. How many How many followers do you think Trump actually has on X? 80 million. We think, Glenn. 15. Or no, no, no. 25. E- 87.3 million. Really? That's pretty close. Yeah, you were actually really close. Yeah. That's That's what she said. Side note, whatever. (laughs) Side note, whatever happened to Instagram threads? Remember, that was the fastest app to 100 million users in like three days, and literally nobody talks about it anymore. I haven't heard anybody talk about it since the launch. Yeah, I don't know. I think it, it fell off pretty quick. I think there was a lot of issues with the privacy around it too. It was like even more pervasive than Instagram regular. I could be wrong. It was completely blocked from the EU because it, it can't pass the GDPR smell test. <laughs> That's a low bar too. Yeah. Even threads can't pass it. Well, enough of that. As you can tell, no guests this week will try and get someone else on soon. Combined, we have decades of information security experience and are here not just to educate, but to entertain. We've got three awesome stories for this week, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. We probably only have time for three stories. Our first one is a doozy. This week, we're going to talk about the great 2023 siege of Las Vegas, Nevada. Apple and Android adding more privacy controls. And close with two potential bonus topics if we get to them. I'm so excited. For our first topic, this will be our ransomware story of the week that Brian wanted to cover last week. We now have more details about what happened, so I hope it makes for a good discussion. Unless you've been hiding under a rock for the last two weeks, by now you should have heard about the hotel group MGM getting hacked. MGM owns several properties in Las Vegas, including their flagship MGM Hotel, the Aria, Mandalay Bay, Luxor, Bellagio, Cosmopolitan, and Excalibur, to name a few. Once they got hit, everything, and I do mean everything, ground to a halt. Automated check-in and check-out systems stopped working. Slot machines stopped working. ATMs could not spit out cash. Digital room keys would not unlock guest doors and lines to get to the front desk spiraled out of control. MGM's main website was taken down, and reservations had to be made by phone. Porters were writing down names and email addresses to send electronic receipts later on. Executives resorted to using their personal email accounts to communicate because corporate email was completely taken offline. In short, MGM was plunged back into the Stone Age. The Alpha V 
also known as Black Cat Ransomware as a service group, is believed to be behind the attack, although several media outlets also threw out the name of the Scattered Spider crew. The MGM Las Vegas Strip properties generate over $13 million per day in revenue from hotel rooms and casinos alone. So uh, on top of the the rain of evil that poured on MGM, I also heard that like in the rooms, like the in some of the hotels where it was like heavily automated, you couldn't even turn on the lights or turn the lights off or even be able to open up the blinds because it was all controlled. It was like all IoT stuff as well. I remember that. And when we we stayed at the Aria, uh, gee, it must have been 12 or 13 years ago by now. And that's correct. You have a little tablet in your room, like a little iPad, and you say, you click a button, open blinds, click a button, turn on lights. And if that's knocked offline, you're, you're right. There's no manual override. Well, nowadays, when you walk in the room, as soon as you walk in the room, like the TV turns on, welcome, Mr. Deech, we've been expecting you. The lights turn on, the blinds open. It's pretty rad. But yeah, that's that's terrifying. I, I think, uh, I, I wonder how much the ransomware crew actually wanted to pay or to get paid out. And also I wonder, but you know, were they looking at it in, in Bitcoin or Ethereum or Doge? What do you think? They wanted it in chips. Gaming chips. <laughs> Gaming chips. <laughs> Totino's Excalibur Pizza prize Rolls. tickets. Yeah. They just want to watch Blue Man Crew. That's all they want to do. So tickets to Blue yeah, Man Crew. Yeah, I just want to front row seats they wanted the behind the scenes meet and greet pass and that's right. yeah just give us that and we'll make your life a lot easier so they, I wonder, they took like a, it, go ahead they took a different approach right than caesar's because caesar's actually paid paid it out right yeah the caesar's took the whole uh uh usa approach is you know we don't we or i'm sorry mgm took the usa approach which is we don't negotiate with terrorists so i think they are not going to pay out bitcoin whereas Caesar's kind of, I hate to say it, but they folded like a cheap chair, right? They're just like, yeah, uh, we're all in with 12 coconuts. And then uh, just called but it they and were, paid the ransom. But, but they were I don't back know if up that's still right accurate, away, right? Brian. We, we, yeah. we did just pay 6 or $5 billion to Iran to get a few of our citizens back. Do we do we really not negotiate with terrorists anymore? Uh, you know, I was hoping you wouldn't bring that up. You know. <laughs> oh, that only, for, only, for, only for WNBA <laughs> players, that's all. So. Oh, boy. We're really painting ourselves into a corner here, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, the follow-up to this is Caesars Entertainment, another big property owner in, in Las Vegas. So they own, of course, Caesars Palace, Harrah's, Link, Rio, Flamingo, Planet Hollywood, Horseshoe, and Paris. They also disclosed that they were a victim of a ransomware attack thought to be perpetuated by the same group that hit MGM, but... Their names stayed out of the news until very recently because they did pay the $15 million ransom that the ransomware group was requesting. I, I heard it was even higher than that. I thought it was in the $30 million. I th- no? Yeah, I thought it was 30 They asked for 30 and like a true used car sales negotiation, Caesars said 15 take it or leave it, and they took it. Jeez. So who do you think makes more money year over year? Is it MGM? Or is it Caesars? I think MGM's like thirty-one billion a year, right? So I mean, thirteen million a day times three sixty-five. You, you do the math. They're they're both publicly traded companies, and we can look up their so, their ten Ks. So I, I watched the kind of like the the iteration, the the 
creation, the you know, on this watching YouTube, of course, right? That MGM and Caesars are these two conglomerate nows, and how they end up getting there based off of their acquisitions and mergers and whatnot. It, what I didn't know was, did you know that they sold off the rent? The property is different than the gaming side itself, right? So there's the entertainment side. And then there's the kind of like a REIT of the property side. I the didn't know this. Side. The real side. But the owning factor or the owning company between Caesars and MGM is a company called Vici, right? And Vici is owned, was owned by, was owned by MGM. So Vici now owns pretty much close to 100% of everything down there, even though there's two gaming companies, right? The two entertainment companies, Caesars and MGM. It was a pretty interesting uh, video watch. I'm sure it was like a shortcut to save some money on taxes or something. Yeah, that's what they said. So they, because they separated out, because it was a real estate investment trust, which is the smartest thing ever, I was like, wow, I got to I gotta get in on this, right? Is the taxes on that were different than as uh, taking on the, I guess, the, the, the the um all the all the uh all the losses or the the gam the gambling um the gambling gaming gambling, revenues uh, the gambling revenues yeah spit it out pretty cool yeah, you can do it yeah I got it I got it so <laughs> so yeah, I, I did Google real estate investment trust as long as they distribute I think it's like ninety percent of their profits back to the shareholders in the form of dividends then they're hugely tax advantaged so apparently MGM is thirteen billion a year. Not thirty one one three and Caesars is eleven billion. So I guess you have to ask the big question here, like why did Caesars pay the ransom and MGM did not? Do you think it came down to this is really really bad? Do you think it was long term damages? Do you think they just had really robust cybersecurity insurance? They're like whatever, like this is what we pay for. If the Alpha V ransomware group is to be believed. They they actually put out a statement. So the ransomware group that owned MGM put out a statement and they said, we're in their systems. We've stolen their data. We're trying to get in contact with them. No one's reached out to us. They know how to get a hold of us, but they're not. It could be that MGM, if they are to believe, it could be that they either didn't want to or didn't know how to get in contact with them to negotiate a ransom, or they just did the right thing, what the FBI tells you to do. Don't negotiate with a terrorist. Don't pay a ransom. And they suffered as a result of that. You got to wonder, though, like, why not, like, why do you not pay the ransom, right? You have two of the, the, two of the biggest uh, casinos in the Strip. One elected to do it, and the other one did not. I, gotta, I have to wonder why. Right, yeah, because Alvi said that they they were in their in their system. They they had not encrypted anything at this point. So I I believe Caesars. It was the same thing. The ransomware group got into Caesars, siphoned out all their data, all their players, all their PII, and then they reach out to Caesars like, hey, if you don't pay us, we're gonna encrypt your systems and release the state. And Caesars like, no, no, we'll give you the money, because for MGM, Alvi was in their systems. They tried to negotiate, they got nowhere, and then all of a sudden they started encrypting all their VMware ESX servers. I think they encrypted like a hundred or a thousand servers just try to get their attention because no one was was talking to them. Do you think that all initiated was that 
that was that attack did that happen a long time ago or was it from black hat any association to that like i was gonna ask that same question right and i think uh chris sent out like a tiktok of someone saying hey maybe it was defcon this year i i think if it happened it happened a long time ago at least six months if not longer i think they've been bouncing around and they're having a good time owning everything and the fact that they got through to two massive hotels blows my mind a very smooth brain individual on TikTok said, yeah, DEFCON had this conference here, and a month later, two casinos get massively hacked. Coincidence? Like, uh, yeah, you don't know anything about security if you think those two are even remotely <laughs> related. So I, I wonder if, like, Caesars is this, like, old-school mafia. Like, we'll pay them, but we got guys. <laughs> got guys. We'll get our money back. You know what I'm saying? They're about yeah. to get vanned somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Like, how do they pay? Do they pay in, in in crypto? I would assume, right? Like, that's it would be have good. to be. Yeah, you don't wire 15 million dollars to a bank in Russia. No way. Could you imagine like Joe Pesci showing up somewhere? <laughs> yeah, I heard you got my Bitcoin. Yeah, it starts hitting him over the head with the telephone. You think I'm funny <laughs> now? Like, haha, funny. What are you laughing at? What are you laughing? What do you think is funny? <laughs> oh my. So, so what coin washing service do you think the Alpha V team is going to use? Because, <laughs> like, you know, follow the money. Someone's going to get caught eventually. And how it's long? Probably got to be tornado. I mean, tornado is sanctioned by the U.S. But if you're in Russia or North Korea, who cares if they're sanctioned? They'll, they'll use like tornado or somebody like that. Follow the money. So, what do you think? What's the likelihood of anyone actually ever getting caught from this? I think they're going to get out scot-free. It depends. It really does depend. If it's if it was like Lapsus, like they caught the kids from Lapsus just because they were in like Brazil and the UK. They were in countries that cooperate with U.S. law enforcement. But if you're in Russia, forget about it. You, you'll have to vacation at the Black Sea. You can't take that summer trip to Thailand unless you want to get yanked. And uh, so you think it's possible to identify them now, whether it comes down to extradition is, is your point. So I don't know if, they, if they're actually going to catch them. I, I've read some or at least identify. They, they believe that it, it's very similar to lapses. It's a group of like 18 to 20 year old kids, basically, that that did this. Good for them, man. You know, social engineering gurus, right? Like that's that's a speculation of the word on the street, right? It was. So this is the next thing. So if it was like, hey, I, I walked out of my account, password reset, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and I lost my phone, too. So there's no MFA. And so you go through there and do it. It makes you wonder, does the Caesars and MGMs use the same outsource help desk company? <laughs> if if they do, <laughs> I have no idea. It's possible. It's definitely possible. It was the same same company. It, I think it also it shows a shift in social engineering tactics because phishing pages like this, it used to come in exclusively through email or some kind of web page, but maybe email filters and web security has gotten so good that they just have to fall back to old fashioned call up the help desk and have a crying baby in the background or the sound of a crying baby in the background and beg someone to reset your password and MFA code. How many people do you think are going to lose their jobs because of this? Somebody will have to fall on their sword. I'm, I'm hoping it's not the CISO. Well, it, it's it's yes and no on the CISO. Like, it's an easy scapegoat. 
But also, yeah. you know, how, how is it that one compromised account from a help desk was able to take down your entire network? There's a, well, you know, there's a little bit of culpability there, I would say yeah. as well. It wasn't like it was an Apache Struts vulnerability that was left like wide open and <laughs> going on for decades, right? But it's worse. It was a social attack. It just showed how easy it was to, to get in socially. So I, I heard that there is a mining company that is the exact same attack as well. Oh, social Locked engineering, in. someone's account, then yep. move laterally. Over. Yep. And my uh, my brother in law, like he was like he, like he is a uh, he works in the mines, right? Like he, I think he works in like the acid plant or something like that. <clears throat> and even he was like, yeah, nothing worked. We just sat around for like ten days. Like they're like everything <laughs> was just offline. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's sort of another theme that I think is coming from this and not just this but from other cyber attacks that there's a bit of convergence going on that as the internet gets bigger, the world gets smaller, that somebody on the other side of the planet most likely was able to basically shut down a good portion of a city just from their computer. It's it's crazy how that's even possible, but it's, you know, it is actually partially our fault too, that in the name of automation and cost cutting and convenience that I remember maybe it was last year at Black Hat or this year at Black Hat, I was counting the number of people I actually had to talk to from the time I left my house to the time I got into my hotel room. And it gets less and less every year because I call an Uber on my phone. I don't have to talk to anybody. I check in with the on the to the plane using my boarding pass on my mobile app. I don't talk to anybody. I call an Uber to the hotel. I don't talk to anybody. I check in myself through a kiosk at the hotel. I don't talk to anybody. I get a digital key on my phone and I just walk into my my room. It's it's that automation and convenience. And then but, you clone it with your flipper zero. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but the second that anything in that that chain there any of those companies gets taken down uber the hotel then you're you're plunged back to the stone age and all of a sudden you can't close your blinds i'll be honest i'm a little i'm a little different sorry brian go ahead no go ahead i like i think both of you guys have converted a lot of your stuff i think chris with your remodel you're doing a lot of that automation stuff i'm just like hey you know what it's just not for me. It's not worth the extra cost or the extra hassle. It's just something else for it to for, for that's going to break in my house, and I don't want to manage that kind of stuff. So I did think of that. So for my smart house, the like the switches I got, they can fall back to manual control. So they have the option to be smart, but just in case something goes wrong, you know, you have to have like at home, you have Wi-Fi, you have Wi-Fi, and the Wi-Fi has to have one hundred percent uptime. You can always fall back on manual control. Is it truly manual or do you have to, will it, will it actually control the manual as well? Like if it doesn't allow it to fail back, right? It'll, like, it'll work even if the network's down. That, that was just the, the main requirement. It has to be able to still function even if the network's down. Or you what know, about if it's been attacked though and it's just blinking like crazy? <laughs> they just unplug everything. <laughs> you know what's wild about this is like, you know, Zero Trust has been around for like 20 years, but it was just like a buzzword back in the day. And so now it's picking up momentum again. And, uh, you know, I hate to say I was right. Like, you know, VPNs, for all the things that they are, just allows people to 
it's, just a, it's a network overlay. It allows that bad guy or girl or person or Apache helicopter to come in here <laughs> and bounce around the network like a damn field mouse, just leaving a path of destruction, which is what we saw here. I'm If there was ever a great use case for Zero Trust or a story behind it, right there. And I know it's not perfect, right? The, you know, Once you compromise identity, you're having problems. But if you start with Zero Trust, you keep users off the network, and then you even throw some deception in there. Like, I think that there, this could have been picked off pretty easily. I could be wrong, but but, that, but even this... with a compromised credential, though, how does that happen? You you have a credential, you have access at that point. Like, I, yeah, I get there's it... other layers, right? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So you you get access, and just because you have, are we talking about VPN or zero trust? Just credentials in general. If you have the keys yeah, to log with, in, either. It's uh, yeah. it's we have a model. It's called assume breach model. Assume the bad guys in your network. Now, how do I limit the blast radius? So let's say my IT staff gets their account compromised. Well, they should only be able to access IT related help desk stuff. They should not be able to access the finance servers. They should not be able to access the door locks, things like that. Yeah, I one hundred percent believe that with those stolen credentials, somebody when they connected, most likely through VPN. Right, they did a port scan and they were looking around and they found out there was Active Directory or maybe application one. And so they thought if there's an application one, there must be an application two, right? And so they went over there and banged the door of that. In Zero Trust, like, there is no application two. There is no like there is no MAP, right? Like that doesn't exist. Yeah. And if they would go around, like sure enough, they're ha- like I, I'm confident that this server is on the 10 network. I'm gonna start going to every 10, 10, 10 dot one, right? Like I'm just going to hit those, those gateways up, see if I can find a router interface or a, a firewall interface. Again, that's just where deception comes into place. Like if you have no business talking that stuff, then during deception or, you know, decoy, right? Pick off that user. And then you find out that you have this compromised credential a long time ago. And I bet you, I'm hundred percent sure. I think when the, this, the smoke settles where these people were probably in the networks for at least 180 days, if not more. And that's only because they made their presence known. They were probably in there. Like, think about it. Like, if you breach someone's network, how long is it going to take you to make sure you have multiple beachheads back in to multiple accounts, three, multiple administrative accounts, four, uh, like mapping out the entire network and finding out where all the, the keys of the kingdom and the sensitive things, the, the admin network, how long is that really going to take you? That's not just a couple of hours worth of work. I think it's a lot more than that. That's interesting you say that because I think at least what the press is reporting now is this was a relatively recent thing that they got in there, their network was so flat that they were able to just perpetuate this attack. Well, there, there's that there's that piece of it too, that the network was so flat that they, it just mm-hmm. spread like wildfire. The other side of that is what Alf-V was saying is like we compromised their Okta servers, their Active Directory um, sync servers up to Okta. And they said as as a result of that, they had to take identity offline. When you take identity offline, well, you can't get to anything because identity is the center of everything now. And that's what yep. caused the massive disruption was MGM themselves yanking cords, pulling the plug. And that's what plunged them back into the Stone Age. They were so hesitant and reluctant to bring anything back online until they were 100% sure that they had evicted the, these bad guys out of their network. So are they even out? That's a real question. I don't even know. Uh, is anybody ever truly out until you throw all your hardware through a shredder and buy, buy new stuff? There's really yeah. no guarantee that you've kicked them out of the network. All I know is I think like as this came out, 
I'm sure there was a lot of people on LinkedIn that was like, I work for a cybersecurity company. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rubbing their hands together. Coming yeah. Behind yeah. the tree meme. <laughs> like a little, like a, like a little, uh, you know, that's my, my favorite thing about flies when you zoom in on them. It looks like they're little, like little villains <laughs> always like rubbing their, their little fingers together. That's just downright mean. Ambulance chasers. Ambulance so chasers. I, yeah. I wrote down in my notes here, uh, you know, SANS, they also got breached a long time ago. And like, you know, that kind of raised security awareness. And then 13 versus 11. So that must have been the billion stuff, the 180 days, zero trust. And then I just have conservative leaning. I'm like, why did I write conservative leaning on this topic? And then I realized you guys were talking about Uber. And one of my favorite things to do on Uber now is uh, under the preferences of like conversation. I like to say, you know, interested in conversation or happy to conversate and then keep the air cool and then just talk with people. And my favorite thing about uh, anybody that is not originally from the United States, very conservative leaning people. You'd be so surprised. <laughs> that is interesting. Yeah. I thought conservatively because I have here in my notes too about the Las Vegas Sands attack. So that was 2014. So that was a good nine years ago. So in nine years, Las Vegas never learned, don't have flat networks. Don't, you know, they, they haven't implemented zero trust over the last nine years. It, it's Las Vegas Sands all over again. This exact same thing happened in 2014 when their their CEO, Sheldon Adelson, said some <laughs> pro-Israel negative Iran things yeah. at a conference. And then Iran got mad and, and basically did the exact same thing to, that they did at MGM. They got in there, messed everything up, wiped out their systems. And then Las Vegas Sands was down for a while. And when all was said and done in 2014, they caused $40 million in damages. So I'm sure... MGM is going to be a lot, a lot more than that. Do you remember what they did to the the Las Vegas Sands website? No, they had like they... death to the president or death to Israel or something, something like that. Didn't they deface it? They defaced it, and then on top of that, they had the uh, a, a scrolling list of every employee's name, date of birth, and social security number just scrolling. No way! <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's rough. That is yeah. rough. I I will have that to was... say that. Iran didn't come through as hard as these the people that attacked MGM and and Caesars. I think that was I think that's far worse. It, it could be because Iran attacked Sands not for financial reasons but for political reasons, and Alf V is attacking MGM and Caesars for financial reasons. They they want to get a big payday. I think Alv got lucky, man. I mean, no, I think they they shorted themselves. I think they could have gotten a lot more than fifteen million. I think they should have started at like the hundred million and packed into it. I mean, like for every day they were down, it was probably costing them tens of millions, right? Yeah, absolutely. That and and releasing the data, so the player data is is immensely valuable, especially to other casinos as well. It's like, well, who who's on who, who's a loyalty member there? Who's the top tier? What are their preferences? What do they like? And it, it'd be easy for casinos to steal each other's high rollers and. That's another story. I I forget what year it was. It might have been in the mid 2010s where a casino high roller list got stolen through a smart thermostat that was in their aquarium. So the aquarium mm -hmm. had a Wi-Fi connected thermostat. Somebody hacked into the thermostat. The thermostat was connected to the corporate network. They were able to download the list of, of high roller players for that as well. So again, they did not learn proper network segmentation, device segmentation uh, since, since then. Like, you know what I really want to see 
is like uh, Alf V go after and, and find out, I don't know, like the uh, the Epstein client list like that. <laughs> like I, I would follow useful for a change. <laughs> I would follow that thread, and I would I'd be you know I'd be rooting for people, probably, but probably not the ones you'd be thinking about. So <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. let's go Alf V. You guys are doing the Lord's work. Over the next few weeks, we should hopefully get a nice write-up. I'm sure Mandiant is in there right now, coming through all their systems. We'll get a nice write-up of exactly what happened. I mean, I think we're putting the pieces together already. Social engineering, somebody's account, they logged in, lateral movement. We've seen this time and time and time again. I don't think there's going to be anything new or novel about it. It's just a very large company that fell victim to a very classic attack. Is there something they could have done at a host level to prevent the the ransomware from being deployed like shouldn't like CrowdStrike be running on these things be like oh crap that's ransomware you can't do that or do you think they they own that too and they're able to just whitelist that as a, a benign process and let it go i mean it depends it, it depends edr CrowdStrike sentinel one any of those they should pick up on it even if you're running a benign process like lsas or um, AD Discover, if it's out of context or if it's for, on a user that normally doesn't do it, then it should have been throwing up alerts like crazy. So either it was, and it was in auditing mode, not prevent mode, and it was throwing up alerts and no one did anything about it, or it wasn't configured properly, which is the more likely case. Or you they didn't have it. <clears throat> you know the biggest outcome here? Both MGM and San, I'm sorry, MGM and Caesar are going to have state-of-the-art SOC in, in every single vendor in there after this. helping them moving forward after this, yeah. After this, yeah. Security's going to have a big old line budget of making sure we take care of things. Yeah, I'm sure the SEC, our Securities and Exchange Commission, is going to require it now. I, yeah, I'm still blown away. I, 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 is interesting about MGM is, and like what we know about them not paying, I want to really know why Caesar like, just paid it. I, I, got to under, I want to understand that. It probably calculated downtime, right? Like we're going to lose millions per day. Let's just it, well pay it. As a done. MGM decision. could do the same thing, and, right? And yeah. then and then we'll go after it later on, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Thirteen billion divided by one sixty-five or eleven, but you know what I mean. Like I, we can get there. Risk reward. They're just lucky that they got unlocked, right? In that whole scenario, that they just didn't get taken for more after the ransom was paid. Yeah, that's that's the risk the FBI says. Just because you paid someone, number one, they might not honor their word. They might leak the data and ransom you anyway. Or mm-hmm. number two, they might come back for more, just like blackmail. Once they know you'll pay, we'll just keep coming back for more and more. But Do you think they find they, anything interesting in there? Like, oh, hey, Jared I, from Subway was here. I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> what was he up to? Like Ep- <laughs> Epstein's list. Epstein's yeah. list. <laughs> Treasure Island. A very, a very <laughs> wealthy Island. high roller did not yeah. want their data getting leaked that they've been staying at this particular hotel. So that's why they yeah, named the place Treasure Island. Instead <laughs> of Epstein's Island. Yeah. But like, so let, let's say it is like player data. Like what, it, like what are you going to see in there? Like, hey, that one dude spent $11 million. Like, well, that's a lot of money, but I don't, I don't know that anyone cares. There, like what would be in that player data that would be so like damning that have actually leaked or is it just more of like your your stuff is leaked and so they're saying they're a high roller they're gonna go spend their money somewhere else now well think about some people want that stuff private right yeah exactly that that could be it that like this guy famous person he's a degenerate gambler look at how much he spent at the casino or how much he lost at this casino and brand reputation their client reputation yeah 
it's hard to like, it's hard to imagine that, right? Like, I don't get it. But then pretend it was Michael Jordan or Tiger Woods. You'd be like, <laughs> that's that's gonna suck if you if you're that person, right? You have like, well, Tiger not so much anymore, but you have that squeaky clean image, right? That you're trying to uphold yeah. and maintain, and it turns out you are that degenerate. Like that'd be pretty wild. So all right, I get yeah. it. You turned me. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's a business decision. I. I heard some commentary, some of the talking heads, they said, why don't we just ban ransomware payments? Why don't we just force people to back up their data and have better security? And it's like, yeah, it it's a little bit more complicated than that. Like we talked about it before, but companies like Garmin that they make you know, GPS watches, GPS nav systems, they would not exist if we banned ransomware payments because they said, we don't have backups. The only way we're ever going to stay in business is to pay the ransom. And in cases like that, yeah, it, that's the only way that they can survive. And we, we've sanctioned some of the worst groups like Evil Corp and now anybody coming from Russia. That's that's really the most we can do. But if we completely ban ransomware payments, that's not the answer. They're still gonna they're still gonna go out there and ransom things. Yes, it sucks that they're being rewarded for their evil deeds, but what's the alternative? We're encouraging poor behavior. It's gonna happen again. How long? Will it be nine years? We'll see. All right, I think we've beaten this topic to death. This, I guarantee yeah. this is not the last time we're going to talk about this, so there'll be plenty more as, as more news comes out. But uh, it looks like we have time, probably time for one more topic. So for our second topic, smartphone makers Apple and Google are finally recognizing the dangers of so-called cell site simulators, also known as IMSI catchers or their codename Stingrays. These devices are tools used by law enforcement and governments to use to track the locations of phones, intercept communications, spy on people, or even install malware. Here in the United States, the law enforcement agency, the U.S. Marshal Service, who is tasked with tracking down fugitives from justice, so these are people that are running away from the law and we have an interest in getting them back, they've employed these Stingray devices to help locate people. If the Marshal Service can track down a general location where a fugitive may be hiding and they have the serial number to their cell phone, they can set up a fake cell phone tower and wait for the fugitive's phone to connect to it. At that point, they can precisely locate the fugitive or passively eavesdrop on their communications. One common factor these cell site simulators have in common is that they all operate on the antiquated 2G band. So think of the very first iPhone data band it used was the 2G band. In 2021, Google released an optional feature for Android to turn off the ability to connect to 2G cell sites. And Apple announced that in the just released iOS 17, iPhones will not connect to these insecure 2G mobile towers if their phone is in lockdown mode. Samsung hates user privacy, so they removed that feature from their version of Android. <laughs> yeah, Samsung sucks. Just wanted to make sure everyone knows that. <laughs> Pretty interesting. How how long until you start to see you know three G and four G and five G type of things? Yeah, like you, you wonder if they just programmatically put a backdoor into all of those things. That way they can start to do the eavesdropping. And I remember Stingray from back in the day. I don't know why. What was the big story around Stingray? Do you remember? They caught. There's a pretty famous story. There's a TV show about it, and there's a Darknet Diaries episode about it. I think he was an identity theft. He did a lot of tax fraud, like millions of dollars in tax fraud. 
And the way that the marshal service tracked him was through a stinger. He had a Verizon air card in his laptop and they got the serial number of that air card. And I guess they subpoenaed Verizon and Verizon's like, well, he's in this three block radius. We don't know where he is. They triangulated to like a three block radius and it's very dense apartment. So there's like 900 apartments they would have had to search. So they used a stingray, narrowed it down to like a building, narrowed it down to a floor and then waited for the guy to come out to eat lunch. And then they, they grabbed him. You, hear, you heard it here first. Don't eat lunch out. Uber Eats, have it delivered, <laughs> dropped it off at the door. They'll go scot free. They'll never see it coming. And carry your burner phone with you. <laughs> so. Hey, uh, yet another re- uh, reason to be running a lockdown mode, guys. You just default security. Yeah. I love it. Reasons are piling up for sure. Yeah. So, how's, I, I got to ask, you know, aside from this, how, how has lockdown mode affected you at all in the last? I think you've been doing it over a year now, right? Yeah, with iOS 16. The the only thing I miss is uh, when I'm doing like a OTP that comes in like as, as a text message. You know, like how when you're in the app, it just shows up and you do it. I have to yeah, it scrapes it. Yeah, yeah. I have to go over to the text message or whatever it is, copy it and paste it in. So that's probably the only thing I miss. Okay. Not and bad. then I think I've had some issues on Southwest Wi-Fi. Like, I couldn't watch movies. And I know Chris is like, good, download it first. I'm like, well, not everyone works part-time like you, Chris. Some of us have real jobs where we have it's to the, actually do stuff. It's the Safari JIT engine is, is what I'm guessing. Because that's it's hugely exploited, the just-in-time JavaScript yeah. engine. So they turned that off on Safari. But now I download shows on Netflix. Been watching Suits lately. Pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Nice. And Season for the, three, episode ten. Don't ruin it for me. <laughs> and for the record, the two G band is not in use anywhere in the United States, and I think the three G band is also been deprecated for all the major carriers except T Mobile. So there really is no legitimate use for two G in the U.S. Some of the developing world still might have some legacy two G stuff, but other than that, turn that crap off. We, you don't need it, and it's another example of attack surface if you don't need it turn it off or uninstall it so that actually surprises me i've been out in the middle of nowhere and the only thing less than 2g is is edge and every once in a while i'll I'll, I'll fall back to an edge device are you on t-mobile no at&t but they're slutty they they sleep with all the internet or the, the the cell phone carriers i'm sure there's some sort of weird of agreement yeah, I think for the for this particular two G band, I I believe I'll check the article again, but I believe they said no one in the U.S. uses this anymore. And I actually remember this because my my old car, my Ford, had a two G modem in it for the cell connectivity to, to pair with my phone. And they yeah. said, "Yep, you know they're deprecating two G. Come in, bring in your car. We'll put a three G modem on it." And then when three G got deprecated, like, "Yep, bring your car in. We'll put an LTE modem on it." <laughs> Do you still have that That's car? Funny. No, I sold I sold it when I got the Tesla. I'll tell you what, I like I feel like the whole like we're going from edge to two G. And I remember like I'm like, oh my god, it's gonna be so fast. I'm like, man, the internet still sucks. And then it was like two G to three G. Again, this thing still sucks. And like now we're on five G and I'm like, I've never been wild ever. I'm just like, uh, whatever. <laughs> really? Theoretical I can do stuff, but like I do a speed test, never gonna see anything that's that amazing. I like over a hundred megs. I'm like two hundred sometimes. Yeah, but shouldn't it? Oh, What's yeah. the top speed of 5G? 
Oh, it's gigabit, wireless gigabit. Yeah. The, the theoretical and you're, getting, and you're getting a fraction of it. You're like, wow. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like. Well, it's better than the 640K that I had with 2G. <laughs> it is. It's just not that great, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. then when it gets kind of dense, populated area, uh, areas. And Chris, you know, you guys can't see this, but he's recording this stupid thing on Zoom. And he names us all the time, whatever he wants. And he makes it to where we can't change our name on here. So Glenn is iPhone 8. I'm iPhone 14 Pro Max, but he doesn't put the Pro Max on there. And then Chris is straight up lying. And his name is the iPhone 15 Pro Max, but he's ro- he's rocking the 13 right now. It's not until Friday you get your phone, you fraud. Get the hell out of my That's office. <laughs> At the time this podcast releases, I will likely have my phone unless something catastrophic happens. I feel like no, there's not. (laughs) I I am sure I like until like Chris is gonna have to deal with this like whole USB C problem. I'm just gonna keep the next five years not gonna be an issue. I'm I'm gonna swap out batteries and call it a day. Yeah, I don't consider it a problem. My laptop charges with C. My iPad charges with C. My Steam Deck charges with C. This, this stuff. I have fewer items that will charge with lightning. So with my AirPods whoa, Max, whoa, my AirPods Your Steam Pro. Deck charges with, with C? That yeah. What do you mean it charges? There's no battery in the Steam Deck. There is. It's a portable gaming device. It's like, is it Bluetooth enabled? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. The one that I have as well? No. You're thinking of a Stream Deck. Mine is a oh. Steam Deck, which is a portable gaming machine. <laughs> you know, I did misunderstand what you said there. Right? Now I understand it. I can see why you're confused. I was like, damn, Steam I have is... like a 20-foot cable for my Stream Deck. And it's like, I'm always tripping over it. Freaking wireless this whole time. I didn't even know, but it's not. All right. So, I mean, basically, oh, my, flipper. my flipper charged with USB-C. Yeah, but that Steam but Deck you, is just like a, what do you call that? Like a, a PC, right? A portable PC. That's all it is. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Meant for gaming. Yeah. So I'm going to have fewer devices running on Lightning. So I'm going to have to carry a Lightning just to charge my AirPods until I replace those. Get a new AirPod. What's wrong with you? Just Eventually. Just replace them all at one time. Eventually. Eventually. Chris is not made out of money like you, Glenn. Yeah, I know. We don't have that Glenn Island money. <laughs> what? That's funny. Hi, I have my island device here. It sounds like it would do zero trust, but it doesn't. <laughs> Whoa. Because, <laughs> you know, the user's off in its own little island. <laughs> Just kidding. Right. We, we love island. Oh. I'll say something. Right. I'll save it for later. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I think I know what you're going to say. And I'm, I'm already aware that you're there, baby. And I'm going to take that deal from you. I'm going to sweep it. You're not, they're not going to know what the hell happened to them. And they're like, we didn't need to buy Island. We just went with Z-Skiller. All right. Since we are out of time, the other two oh. topics we would have gotten to. Uh, first topic, lab-grown meat can be halal and kosher since no animals are killed to make it, according to scholars. And our last topic would have been an $80 million F-35 jet fighter just went missing over the state of South Carolina and the US government is begging people to tell them where it landed eventually I thought they saw the guy that was an interview that he was talking about he was in the bathroom taking a shat (laughs) shaving a shave shave. shave. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard that before I'm taking a shave but I'm a certain I think he was looking and he heard it and he 
I think he, he changed it like at that last minute when he crossed his eyes. He was like, hey, this is on public TV. I better say shave. <laughs> Taking a shave. Yeah. Well, our tax dollars at work, fellas. Yeah. F-35 crashing, and they don't know where it's at in in in, in the Carolinas. That's the transponder amazing. mysteriously stopped working, so don't be surprised if in a week it shows up in Ukraine. Yeah. Could be. Well, we continue to get great comments about our dad joke of the week. This week, Brian's up. I'm hoping you'll keep this one, but we'll see. What is worse than ants in your pants? What's that? What is Uncles. It? <laughs> what? <laughs> is that a proper dad joke? <laughs> you don't get it? Like ants? Like a-N-T-S, but it's a play on words because no. then you're saying uncles. Uh, you're like, oh, okay. wait a second. Uh, that is worse. I think that's Fair worse enough. than my joke last week. Come on, Brian. Someone yeah, I, someone at home's laughing. I actually have it in my notes here. I said, I hope you make up for the stinker that Glenn dropped on us last week. Uh, well, I, don't I don't think want. he did. Yeah, wah, wah. We'll <laughs> so, let the audience decide, guys. There you yeah. go. Well, if we have a guest next week, they'll have to both outshine you both which you already set the bar pretty low already just saying between the two of us thanks chris all right so in the efforts of uh you know i i i felt like you guys were gonna crap on my joke or at least edit it out so here's here's one that's family safe uh what generation does forrest gump belong to what gen a (laughs) all right That was a good one. <laughs> there you go. Gen A. All right. All right. There we go. You redeemed yourself, Brian. Good. I'm here for you, buddy. Coming in clutch with the backup. All right. To wrap things up, Las Vegas is under siege. Apple and Google are taking fake cell sites more seriously. The U.S. government wants your help in finding our fifth-generation fighter. And... Plant-based meat is halal and kosher. That's all I have for this week. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You can find us on LinkedIn. Links will be in the description. Follow us on Instagram at Pebtech Podcast. Thank you to all our listeners and subscribers who raised us five stars in the iTunes store and Spotify and left us a review. We appreciate you all spreading the word to help grow the show. The best way to find us is to search for the Pebtech Podcast in your favorite podcast listening app. My co-host Brian Deach and Glenn Medina. I'm Chris Louie. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next weekend. As always, have a nice day. Bye, Felicia.